Hey there, friends. Welcome to the CFC Leadership Podcast, where we focus on everything campus ministry, college ministry, and young adult ministry related. Whether you're already working in one of these ministry areas, thinking about starting a ministry, or you just have a burden for this age group, this podcast is meant just for you. I'm your host, Kyle Austin, and now it's time to join with us in today's conversation. On this episode, I'd like to talk to you for just a little bit about how to start a campus ministry. Now, do you have a community college, a four-year state college, or even a private college within about 20 or 30 minutes drive time from where you're located? If you do, then you have a strategic mission field, just a tremendous opportunity of a location to go to to reach young adults and college students with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we're going to talk about the nuts and bolts about how to establish a ministry there on that campus. Before we get into the nuts and bolts, I just want to give you a quick introduction of who Collegians for Christ is and how we can help you through this journey. Now, Collegians for Christ exists as far as these various student groups that are based on campuses across the country. And then the National Ministry Organization of Collegians for Christ exists to help students in a sponsoring local church to establish a ministry there on the college campus. And so we will uh, meet with the students. The, the church will uh, provide resources, training, help with the application, the Constitution. We provide the Collegians for Christ name. Uh, with a signed statement of faith to ensure we're all on the same page in order for a church to utilize the name. Uh, we just are able to help you not to reinvent the wheel uh, to get something going from the ground up. And so we can talk to you, begin to pray with you, really put in place a one, two, three step process of what it would take to get you established on the campus. We have put together a book, Launching Point, Reach the World, Reach the Campus, Reach the World, and it really lays out just a biblical perspective, the biblical basis for campus ministry, very inspiring stories of all that God is doing and has done on campuses over the years, and also the nuts and bolts in the end. You can get this book through our website. We also, when we go and train, we have a training manual that we put in the hands of all the people people who attend uh, to ensure that they know exactly what can be done on the campus, how to do it in the correct way. We always want to abide by the campus's guidelines. And so we go through that, how to reach, interact with students and all of that. And so we want to let you know the resources that are available to you. So as you listen to this, if you have any questions, please feel free, free to reach out to me uh, via email. You can call through the website. We would love to answer any questions, uh, navigate uh, this journey with you, and we can just begin dialoguing about it. It doesn't mean you're committing, but we just want to let you know we are here for you. So let's jump into the nuts and bolts of establishing a ministry on the college campus. So maybe you've looked at the campus and you go, where on earth do I even begin? I see the students, uh, what could be done, can we do anything, where would I start as far as the buildings, who would I talk to, so let me help you with all that. So what we want to do in order to reach the campus is to establish, we're talking about a campus ministry, but an official Bible study there on the campus. Now schools would refer to this as a registered student organization, and so that is the door of opportunity that we're able to establish the ministry through. And so before we talk about how to do it, what would be the benefit, why would we even want to do this. So let me share with you some of the benefits that Collegians for Christ Ministries receive being a chartered organization or a registered student organization of the school. First of all, the school provides us facilities to meet in on a weekly basis. Again, our main weekly meeting is a weekly Bible study on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night around 6.30, 7 uh, for about an hour and a half, two hours. Uh, really, that's just the beginning. That's not the end because so many other opportunities of outreach will come from that. 
But if we need a meeting room of 10, a meeting room of 50, a meeting room of 100, the school will provide that for us to meet there weekly. And then if we want to do uh, outreach events or have a guest speaker come in, you have access to other facilities. Uh, if you need a theater of 500, 250, you would have the ability to reserve those to do maybe a conference, a, a guest speaker, a, re a revival, or so forth. Now, thirdly, you'll have access to key school events. Now, fall semester is kicking off right now. Uh, as I'm recording. And the excitement and the energy uh, is contagious, really. And so the schools offer for organizations a usually a day, a welcome week event to where all the organizations will be out on campus, either in a building or outside, and you can begin to talk to students. So, so they invite students in, and so you can make contacts, you can pass out information, tracts, Bibles, uh, get students information, share with them about the Bible study, the sponsoring local church. And so they do one in the fall semester. Most schools will do one and again in the spring semester. And then during the summer, uh, there's usually various students' uh, orientations that are going on that you'd have the ability to do the same, where you could meet the parents and the students as well. And then fourthly, your ministry name would be listed on the school's website. So Ecclesiastes for Christ Ministry, if you go into the clubs and organizations page, you can search religious or faith-based organizations. There you would find Ecclesiastes for Christ. Click on it and you'll find the meeting information, events. You can find uh, social media links. You can find who the officers are. You can link back to the sponsoring uh, local church's website. And so essentially, it's almost like a Facebook page uh, that the school hosts there. And then you would have access to the campus really to advertise your ministry. So you can post posters in specific places. You can utilize the screens uh, that are in the student union to advertise your weekly meeting or some other event that you would host. Uh, then you have access to the school uh, to set up what we call outreach tables. And so we can go inside the student union, outside in the main thoroughfares, and we can do what we call outreach tables, being we give away free coffee, free hot chocolate, have a prayer table, uh, have a listening post. Uh, really, the ideas are unlimited. Do exam bags, just a, a way to reach in and really encourage and help and uh, just to be a light uh, to students there on the campus. And so students are coming to you. You're able to interact with them, get information in their hands. And then on the flip side of that, we're able to reserve times where we can walk across campus and just talk to students and engage them and pass out flyers and pass out tracts and information about the ministry. And then you have the opportunity to even use the school postal system uh, to distribute information and tracts, uh, inviting people to your meeting and so forth. And so really the, uh, the opportunities and the benefits are just tremendous. Uh, it gives you the ability to have a full-scale ministry there on the campus uh, to reach and impact students. So that's the benefits. Uh, so how would we go about doing this? Well, the first step is to really find out what the school's requirements are. And so most schools, their requirements are five to 10 students, a faculty advisor, a constitution, and your student officer will fulfill the application. And so what I want to say to you before we go any further is that these ministries are student-initiated and student-led with the sponsorship of a local church. That's the structure of them. So student-initiated means there are students there on that campus who desire to have the Collegians for Christ ministry there. Uh, student-led means those student officers and the voting membership of the organization will be the ones who vote and vote for officers 
officers and so forth. And so the campus minister will work very closely with the student officers to schedule the events. Uh, the campus minister will do all the teaching and all the uh, guiding and helping plan the calendar. So they work very closely there uh, with the student officers. The local church's uh, role is to be a sponsor, to help facilitate volunteer workers, to help facilitate the uh, campus minister and so forth. But just want you to understand the uh, really how it's set up. And so five to 10 students, faculty advisor, and the Constitution. And so out of those five to 10, you'll need one student who will be willing to be your president. And then the faculty advisor, it doesn't have to be someone that exactly is a professor, though it can be. It can be anyone who is in an administrative staff position. So this opens it up very good. Uh, and the fact that you can have someone in the dean's office, the academic office, the finance office, as long as their tier with the university is considered administrative staff, they should have no issue in being a faculty advisor. And their role is this, to be a liaison between the organization and the school, meaning they do not do any of the teaching. They can attend as many of the meetings as they would like, but they don't have to attend any. And so that's kind of the role there of the faculty advisor. And so that's the, the idea of chartering this organization. You say, where would I find those requirements? Well, you can go on the school's website. You can look under student life. You can find clubs and organizations. You should find a tab somewhere that says start a new organization, and then it'll list the requirements. Your school could have two students. It could be five students. It could be 10. I think the highest I've seen is 15. And uh, you can find it in the student handbook if for some reason you're not seeing it, or we can help you with that. So let's say, okay, I would like to start a ministry. Uh, I've looked, I see, I see what the requirements are, and you may have all the requirements already met. You may have 10 students in your church who are actively going to that campus, uh, studying there, and you may have somebody who works there. And so your next step would be to process this application, get the constitution ready, a name selected, and so forth. Let's say that you have just a couple students. Uh, there, but you don't have the five or ten. What do we do next? Let's say you have zero students. You have no contacts, but you would love to just to be a, a, a an impact and a source of encouragement and really to do something there on the campus uh, to reach in and impact and help students uh, as they navigate their college years. How would you begin? Let's talk about that. I'm going to try to give you some nuts and bolts here towards the end, but before I do that, let me give you one little mention here. This is asked to me often. I think it's very wise that we consider how much time it will cost. You know, what is the cost? What would be the financial cost? What, how much time is required? Jesus taught that, you know, if you're going to build, it is wise to sit down and count the cost before you begin to build or else everybody look at you and laugh at you and you weren't able to finish. And so I'm going to give you the bare minimum as far as the time commitments to ensure that you know you can do this or what it will take to do this. Now, of course, we encourage anything above this, uh, but at minimum, number one, you'll need two hours a week for Bible study while school is in session. So during fall, spring semester, on that Monday, Tuesdays are usually the best, a Tuesday, Thursday night, uh, to meet weekly for Bible study. And uh, so you need to be able to do that. Then you need to attend the few student organization events that happen throughout the year. We've already mentioned the fall semester event. You need to be there. Uh, you need to mark off the calendar to be there uh, no matter what's going on, the spring one and then the summer orientation. Somebody be able to, to navigate that. Uh, having one campus outreach event 
a month for at least two to four hours. So those outreach tables that we're talking about, you're going out on campus, you're giving out free coffee, or if it's cold, free hot chocolate. You got your banners up so everybody sees the name Collegians for Christ. They see you there. They see you doing good to the campus uh, community. They see you trying to reach in and do something for them. And so you need to be able to do that uh, one event per month for at least four hours, then at least one service or social activity per month. So you're either allowing students to serve at a, you know, in a nursing home, a food bank, or a homeless shelter, but some way for them to really put feet on their faith. And also some type of community community building activity, whether they're hanging out at your house, whether you guys are going to get an ice cream, you're cooking out, just something to gather them together so that they have that sense of community. And then lastly, you need to have coffee and lunch meetings with key students as needed. So those students you're trying to meet, you're trying to build relationships with, your student officers, just be able to eat lunch with them, grab coffee with them. I joke, but I've eaten as many as three lunches in a day many times. Um, and so because I have an opportunity with a student at 11, another opportunity at 12, and there another one has their class break is at one. And so I try to utilize that time to meet with young people, answer questions, just get to know them. I mean, it's not always, you know, answering every question, but many times it is. But a lot of times it's just trying to build those relationships. So that's bare minimum. Anything that you can do above and beyond that, of course, you're just going to have that much more fruit. But our goal is not for your ministry just to survive. We want your ministry to thrive. And so that's bare minimum as we've navigated uh, these last eight or nine years to see what's the difference in ministries that are thriving, ministries that are surviving, and unfortunately ministries that are, are really having to fold up. And so we've we found kind of uh, that uh, level playing ground there. And then also how much will it cost just to get started? Anywhere from $300 to $1,000 startup cost. It all depends on how much material you want, how big your campus is, and so forth. We can talk to you about that in detail. And so let's talk about quickly uh, how you can go about starting this ministry. So we found out what your requirements are. Let's just say hypothetically your requirements are 10 students, a faculty advisor, and the Constitution. And let's say that I'm just going to go from the, the bottom end here and say you have no student contacts. Where will we begin? Um, there's so many different ways that we can start these ministries. It's hard for me to take the time to, to share each one. Um, so you may be in this stage, you may not. And so if uh, we can talk to you, of course, we can share in more detail the best for you. But I just want to give you an idea. So we have no students. Uh, first of all, we need to prepare the church. We need to make sure the sponsoring church is on board, the pastor's on board, and we want to get them prepared. Let them know what we're doing. We're looking to start a ministry there, uh, let them know uh, just what all it's going to entail and so forth. And then we want to establish the leaders of that ministry. So we need somebody that's going to be able to lead the Bible study, somebody who's going to be able to organize it, working very closely with the student leaders. So we're trying to get the sponsoring local church side uh, organized in anticipation for finding and working with these uh, students. And so we need, usually we would desire either a couple or definitely a man and a woman teamed up together. The reason being is because the uh, population on campuses is typically 57% female and the 43% uh, male. And so a lot of times our ministries uh, uh, go along that uh, diversity, uh, but many times the female side is even higher. So in order to have uh, someone working closely with the females, we need some ladies involved in these ministries. 
And so you want to prepare your church, establish uh, the leaders. You want to think about what name you're going to use. I said you can use the Cleveland for Christ name as we talk to each other and have a meeting and have a statement of faith that's signed. And there's great benefits to using that name. But we can talk about that with you. Um, from there, how where do we begin? Okay, so we need to do a couple things here. So you're trying to find students at this point. You've got your church prepared. You've got someone who's going to lead it. Now we need to find interested students so that, that we can begin to, to help them and to work with them. And so we're going to do this a couple ways. One, you can announce it to your church. Have your pastor announce it. Let the, let the church know what you're trying to do. And these are our requirements. And so you're going to begin praying that God would meet the requirements. And so you're going to ask your church, do you know of any students, know of anybody who knows a student, or do you know any students that may attend this school? Then you're going to call any like-minded churches in the area and have them uh, ask them the same question. And you make sure you tell them we're not trying to steal any students from your church. That's not our goal at all. We're trying to establish a ministry on the campus to be a great help to students while they're away from home, while they're in school. And between those two avenues, many times you will find one, two, three students that are coming to your school. And so you can begin to talk to them and try to make contact with them and see if they would have any interest in starting a Bible study there on the campus. You'll be surprised many times how the light bulbs start going off in people's minds when they hear what you're trying to do and they think about, oh yeah, I know so-and-so that works there. I know so-and-so that's going to school there. So that's where we can begin. And so we need the faculty advisor as well. So while you're doing that, announce that you need a faculty advisor. Call the other churches in your area within an hour, really two-hour radius. Um, If you have any like-minded churches and just let them know, sometimes students are coming that far away. And also let them know, do they have anybody who is uh, working there at the school in any capacity at all? And so from there, you may drum up your faculty advisor. You may drum up um, the student leaders that you need. And let's say you come up with a couple students. That's great. Let's say you come up with a faculty advisor. That's great. I'll share with you in a minute the next day. Let's say you come up with nothing. Okay, you've done that. So our next step would be to utilize the free speech area on campus. We can help you to identify that. But to set up a table and just to go out and start talking to students, uh, passing out information, let them know our intentions, and try to find some interested students. And you'll be surprised after you do that for a little bit how you can begin connecting with students. And so out of those three resources or three opportunities, we should begin to find some students. If not, then you're just going to have to beat the bush and go to a student apartment. You're going to have to find uh, young people wherever they're at and just talk to them. And we can help you with that. Um, you can also, another idea is to do almost do like a church plant. We've done some like this where we find a coffee shop or an office or something super close to campus and we pass out uh, massive amounts of invite cards and then we meet for the first Bible study and you pray and hope somebody comes and we've been able to build some ministries there. I'm just trying to give you some ideas uh, quickly in this episode. So now let's take it to the next step. So you've been able to organize and find a couple students. You found somebody who works there, but you said your requirements are 10. How on earth are we going to get to 10 students? Well, a couple ways. One, you could begin meeting and meeting somewhere off campus or meeting close to campus and just inviting young people to the meeting until you get to the 10. We've done it that way. Another way is these these schools are looking for interested students. And so this is the, the, the vast majority of the way that we do it. So what we would do is we can conduct a survey out on campus. We'd go out for probably an hour, and within an hour we would collect the 10 names, many more names, honestly, with no problem. So we're going to go up and say, hey, we're trying to establish a Collegians for Christ ministry here on the campus. Would you have any interest in attending a weekly Bible study? They're going to tell you two things, one, yes or no. 
And if they tell you yes, you want to uh, get their student name, I mean their student name, get their name and then their student email address and make that uh, your list for your 10 students. Because the student, the school is looking for interested students. So as long as they're interested, they can be a part of that. So now you have your requirements met. You have now got 10 students. Uh, out of those two students I should have mentioned prior, we got to back up just a little bit, I'm sorry. Uh, but those two students that you got, we need one of them to be the president. And if one of them is willing to be the president, then it's no problem to, to go out on campus, get these other names, and turn in that application. They will process the application. Uh, there's usually a mission purpose statement that's needed. There's a constitution, which we, uh, with all our Cleasons for Christ ministries, we have one that has uh, been set, has been approved on, uh, so on all campuses that we're on, and so we can help with that. And so really that's the next step uh, to getting the ministry started. And from there, you begin to uh, utilize all the benefits we talked about at the beginning, uh, the, the kickoff events of the fall semester, spring semester, the outreach tables. You begin to utilize all this, and then you begin gathering young people to your weekly Bible study. You may ask, just as we close here, what would you do at the weekly Bible study? It's a great question. Weekly Bible study, I said, is typically a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night, about 6.37. Anything earlier than that, we've really had a hard time getting students to come. There's something about that later time frame. We've had some meet as late as 8.45. It's just kind of what your time schedule will do. But during that meeting time, we always want to have some food uh, to offer students just to kind of set the mood. It can be something as little as just hors d'oeuvres, snacks. It could be something as a, a full course meal, which I promise you students love. Because food is this. It's a love language. Um, you got to think these young people are away from home, away from grandma and mom and dad's cooking, and they've been eating cafeteria and Chick-fil-A and all this other stuff. And so having a good uh, home-cooked meal is a bonus, but you don't have to have that. So you want to have some food just to set the mood. You want to have them come in, allow your officers to interact and talk to students, welcome them in just like you would in any type of church service. Uh, you'll do uh, announcements. Uh, you'll do maybe a missionary spotlight. Uh, it's amazing how intrigued and interested students are in learning about some of the missionaries and some of the great uh, leaders or just people God has used in a tremendous way uh, in the faith life. And then we have Bible study, 30, 40 minutes, and uh, it's led, but it's also interactive. We're trying to get the young people involved in discussion uh, in that. And then uh, we have a time of prayer, whether it's corporate or whether you break them up into small groups around the room. Um, and, then that's a, and then they'll hang out afterwards. And to be honest with you, we've had students so many times tell us the meeting time is too short. So we've extended it, and the meeting time is too short. So you end up hanging out with hanging out with students well after the meeting time, just building community, trying to build relationships, and so forth. And so that's just kind of a quick rundown of what it would take to start a campus ministry. Again, if you have any questions, any concerns, any thoughts, or hey, can you help us? Just give us a call. Uh, email is austin at cfccampusministry.com. You can log on to our website, just get more information about us. You can also reach out through a contact form there. That's cfccampusministry.com. Also, if you just want to look somewhere to get started, remember I mentioned before the book, uh, Launching Point, Reach the Campus, Reach the World. You can find that on our website as well. And if you have any questions, we'd love to help you. Thank you for taking the time to listen. We hope this podcast has been helpful to you. If it has, please share it with a friend or you can subscribe to stay up to date on the latest episodes. You can connect with Collegians for Christ online for more information and resources at cfccampusministry.com.